Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are back in action, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not scheduled to testify before the House Oversight Committee on July the 31st. Check it out. Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, is. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. This is going to be a wild one, and we're going to dive into it because the implications are huge. We've got a plea deal hanging in the balance. We've got House Speaker Kevin McCarthy talking about drafting articles of impeachment against the president. Come on, man. We're going to get into all of it from the legal side with Emily Campagno, co-host of Outnumbered, Fox News legal mastermind. And Brian Bremberg weighs in. Uh, He's, of course, an econ expert, host of The Big Money Show, and is going to weigh in uh, on the windfall for Jason Aldean as a result of these left-wing protests where Democrats came out and said, hey, this guy's, you know, Singing about stopping all the vigilantes. They ought to cancel the song. Well, the next thing you know, the guy made a 999% increase in sales. (laughs) Made a ton of money along the way. So maybe there's a message here that we should stop, uh, you know, focusing on the guys singing about criminals and start focusing on the guys committing the crimes. I think he's got a point. Seriously. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this big Tuesday episode, an episode that has one rule, as always. You could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. All we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Tuesday. Uh, busy day of Failavision. I was on Fox and Friends early this morning. If you missed it, it is on the Fox Across America website, foxacrossamerica.com. Just got off the TV with Stuart Varney and his fake accent. He's really from New Jersey. Uh, I kid. But that hit will be up as well shortly. Tonight, you can see me on the Ingram Angle with the great Laura Ingram in the new 7 p.m. time slot. So check that out. And one big announcement before we get underway with the radio business of the day. It is now official. Some of you might have heard me whisper this yesterday, but I can confirm today the details have been ironed out. We will be in Helena, Montana on Friday night, October the 27th. It's a double feature out there. I'm in Helena on the 27th. I'm in Idaho Falls on the 28th. The tickets for the Helena gig go on sale July 28th. Today is like I'm supposed to announce it, the pre-sale, get ready to rumble, and then they go on sale on the 28th. And Tickets will be on sale, and you can come hang out with your radio buddy. It's going to be a wild time. I love getting out on the road meeting you guys. Uh, If you've been to any of these events, I know you've had a fabulous time, as have I, because it's just a hang. You know, you watch some real good stand-up, a lot of laughs, and we hang. I mean, that's the one thing about this show that makes it work is we're all like-minded people. We're kind of in on the joke. If you live here, you're kind of lucky. Your worst day in America is pretty much better than your best day anywhere else. And, yeah, life has a way of kicking you in the nuts from time to time. But if you're willing to keep going in this country, you can always get to where you want to be in the end. Why? Because of a good old-fashioned thing we call freedom! You can work as hard as you want to go as far as you want. Now, obviously, I'm not going to give those partisan lectures at the comedy show. I'm just talking serious because I cannot compete in this moment with the comedy coming out of the White House. So let's start here. Okay, if you've been following the shifting narratives around the Biden family business dealings 
if you are actually following this, keeping up with it, you watched the whistleblower testimony last week, you realize the Bidens have like an actual problem, like a legitimate problem. The media doesn't have to cover it anytime soon. But the Republicans do have the authority in the House of Representatives to impeach him. And it sounds like that's where this is headed. Byron Donald said it on the show Friday. Wesley Hunt said it on the show yesterday. Every Republican I've talked to in the House off the air also says that groundswell is beginning to build. Obviously, they don't want to do it for the political theater of it all. They want to do it because they have the goods. So they're getting written testimony this coming Monday from Devin Archer. Okay, and Devin Archer is a guy that can speak to the repeated lie Biden told us about never talking to his son about his business dealings once. That was the claim. Biden. Ah, oh, come on, man. I've never talked to my son about his business dealings. You are so full of sh- Not only did he talk to his son about his business dealings, but his son's business partners were in the White House 84 times under Obama. He went out to dinner with them on at least two occasions at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C. Are you going to tell me with a straight face that business didn't come up at either of those get-togethers? Come on, don't bullshit me. Never mind the pictures of them golfing together. Never mind the emails of, hey, really nice to meet your dad yesterday. Never mind the trove of phone calls we've now unearthed where Hunter was calling his business partners and saying, my dad's here and he's not very happy. And we now know, thanks to Miranda Devine's reporting, that there have been several instances where Biden got on speakerphone and addressed the room. Now, Biden being a traditional politician, I don't doubt that he made Hunter do all the specific speaking. But you understand this has never been about Hunter. It's always been about Joe. Hunter was the vessel through which the money could make its way to Joe. Okay, Hunter was the bag man. And yes, a little bit of a dirtbag and a guy who has, you know, some personal problems of his own. I don't begrudge anybody their battle with addiction. But the reality is a guy who's battling with addiction who just knocked up a stripper while he was having an affair with his brother's widow, which is a Jerry Springer episode unto itself. Hunter's a dirtbag. The point is there's no market for foreign entities to be handing him tens of millions of dollars unless they think they're getting something out of someone else in his family. Oh, wow. So... As more whistleblowers come forward, and now we've had two, two members of the government's A-team, not the B-team, not, you know, some alternate weekend fill-in hosts. These were guys, legitimately, who were on the A-team for international tax evasion, who have come forth and testified under the threat of perjury that Joe Biden was heavily involved. He was, in fact, the big man, and there's no way— that you can refute that given the trail of receipts they brought to the conversation. So what's happened within the White House when it comes to Biden and the narrative that's starting to shift. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Very desperate. And the narrative has changed from he never talked to his son about his business dealings to he wasn't in business with his son. Now, do you notice a little bit of a subtle difference there? Okay, and understand how far this lie has evolved. It started with, oh, the laptop's Russian disinformation. (laughs) Then when that was proven true, corroborated by every newspaper that actually blocked it initially, even the FBI now admitting it was real, the story became, fine, the laptop's real, but he never talked to his son about his business dealings. (laughs) Now, we know that's not true, given all the evidence that was unearthed by the whistleblowers, and yes, 
the photographic evidence. Yes, the cell phone evidence. Yes, the email evidence. Joe Biden talked to his son's business partners. He met him. They've had dinner. Okay, they've played golf. You don't do all of these things in business. Okay, without bringing up business. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Listen, if you go out, uh, play around the golf with the CEO of Hooters, at some point in the round, you're going to talk about boobs. Hubba, hubba. That's just reality. <laughs> He's in the boob business. You're in whatever business you happen to be. If you guys play around, if you shoot a game of pool after you rack them up, you're going to talk about some racks. I love it when you talk dirty. It's just reality. So this notion that they met as many times as they did in business never came up was always farcical. So what is the White House pivoted to? It's no longer uh, never spoke to my son about his business dealings. It's, well, he wasn't in business with his son, which is a shifting narrative. But again, if you were lying about the first two installments of this story, there's a damn good chance you're lying about the third one. Correct the mundo. Here is KJP updating the White House position on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's business relationship. Clip 16. Chairman James Comer today says that the oversight committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. OK, understand where this started. I'll take you all the way back to 2019 with the president flat out saying, I don't know anything about my son's business. I don't even know what kind of business he's in. This is where it started. Clip 19. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Did Hunter Biden commit a crime? Have you spoken to your son, Mr. President-elect? my son. Are you nothing wrong? I'm confident. Do you still think that the stories from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation at his near campaign, like you said? Yes, yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one-horse pony. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What a jerk. But understand, Biden was talking to Ducey then with the confidence of a guy that had the media in his pocket meaning they were always going to be there to protect him so he didn't have to fear any type of blowback. Wrong. All of that changed when Republicans took back the House of Representatives because they took back the power of oversight and they won the ability to go in and investigate the Biden family, something the public overwhelmingly wants. Why? Because we now know they did us dirty in the 2020 election. OK, they interfered in the 2020 election. Doesn't mean it was stolen or rigged the way Trump says it was. But by denying the public the reality that Hunter Biden was selling influence in our government around the world, by intentionally telling us it was fake when the FBI had already corroborated the fact that it was real, they were knowingly altering the conversation around the election to benefit the Democratic candidate. Do you understand? Everybody warning you about protecting democracy was destroying it in real time. It's no different than COVID when they were like, ah, oh, we got to 
censor the misinformation about COVID. And everybody who said that was spreading misinformation. Why? Because they were the ones telling you that vaccinated people could not get COVID. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Now, understand, that's Rachel Maddow, one of the mouthpieces of the Democratic Party who lectured you over and over and over about Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden's laptop Russian it was Russian disinformation. OK, saying vaccinated people got covid. That was domestic disinformation. Now nah, we got to block these people. They're lying to the public. It's dangerous. That's what they said. They've got to take away your speech rights. But do you understand the people who want to take away your speech rights are never the people that are on the right side of any issue. They're people who can't win their way without denying a substantive debate. And where we find ourselves now is in uncharted waters because Biden is a historically unpopular president that even his own party wants to take off of the ticket. There's an NBC piece out today we're going to get to within the hour about how they're now actively concerned about his age, the note cards, the falling, everything in between. And you understand with the potential for impeachment coming from the House, the media is no longer in a position where they can protect Joe Biden. Okay, the Democratic Party is no longer in a position where they can lie about how the election was interfered with in 2020, nor can they lie about what Hunter Biden was up to to actually get money from all these foreign entities in a business that he had no background in. So you understand, like Joe Biden finds himself in a really unique place today. I mean, in one regards, it's familiar, and that's the fact that he's being completely full of But in the other guard, he's now very, very vulnerable, not only from the Republican Party, but even the media as well. Get him out of here. Get him out. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the 
keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. If you missed the announcement off the top of the show, it is Friday night, October the 27th. I will be in Helena, Montana. Tickets go on sale July the 28th, but they make me announce it today. It's like a whole to do. I tell you guys way too much. You guys have a very high security clearance in this administration. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people with high security clearances, don't necessarily know how to handle the information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. She wasn't prosecuted for it, though Trump was. I'm not here to point out that double standard, but I bring it up. Why? Because Trump was ultimately impeached twice as a president. It's a little bit of a record. Uh, and people warned the Democrats back then, hey, if you're just going to start frivolously impeaching people and watering down the process, you know, you're opening up a real Pandora's box here, given the case history of some of your other candidates. Well, now, lo and behold, here's your House Speaker Kevin McCarthy telling Sean Hannity last night that we are rising to the level of impeachment of the Bidens. Clip 18. If you're sitting in our position today, we would know none of this if Republicans had not taken the majority. We've only followed where the information has taken us. But Hannity, this is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. How about that? And he's true. Whether they were slow rolling the investigation stonewalling the two whistleblowers. You understand, when these guys come forth, put their name on something under oath, under the threat of perjury, okay, they explained what this is, okay? And basically what happens is they're denied the full scope of an investigation by some mysterious, invisible hand of God above them. They're told they're the people with the ultimate authority on the case, and then they all oh, good. Well, then can we have these documents? And they're like, the answer would be no. What do you mean? I thought we were in charge. That's weird. Okay. Anyway, can we look into these documents? The answer would be no. No, they're using the DOJ to stonewall, just like they use the Intel committee to bury the laptop in the run up to the election. So Biden's in a spot now where the Republicans might not have any other choice but to impeach him because all of these protection rackets he's running have left them no other means to see this through. And I got to tell you, man, I don't care how you vote. This This isn't that show. My job is not to create Republican voters. My job is to remind people that the reason we live in a great country is because we had people who understood what it would take to make that possible. And as we distance ourselves from those principles, okay, if you truly care about this country, we have to get them back and get to the truth. And that's why you bring this up.
He's an old guy Has dementia Can't lead us And the country is screwed Tell some big lies Barely speaks English Sniffs children And their mom's hair too Goes the wrong way When he leaves his speeches Gets lost each day In the White House yard All the Dems say That we should re-elect him How can he run When walking is hard And you keep There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They are singing about Joe Biden's state of being yet again. We have a president that is clearly not all there. These are not the words of our band. Uh, These are the words of a new Harvard-Harris survey. Harvard-Harris survey, it is out now. 59% of Americans have doubts about the president's mental Fitness. Biden's lost his marbles. Think about that. You run on a guy for president, 59% of the people think his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Can I make a prediction? He's not running for president. I'm going to get further into this poll, but I've just, you know, there's things you have to look into that are real tells, okay? I am not a political science, you know, bachelor. I don't, you know, have any fancy degrees or anything like that. I analyze this from a very street level, from a ground level, just a guy who knows things, a guy who has instincts. Okay, when you drive a cab, you pick up strangers all day in the middle of the night, you've got to figure out who wants to go home and who wants to go to a landfill with you in the trunk of the car while they drive it. Okay, you develop quick instincts. You get good at reading people and situations and making assessments on the fly. Okay, the tell for Biden right now, this is very significant. Barack Obama, as an incumbent president at this point in his reelection bid, had spent $11 million. Okay, that's the number. Donald Trump, at this point in his reelection bid, had spent just about $500,000 less than that, about $10.5 million, okay? Joe Biden has only spent a little less than $2 million. Why does that matter? For a multitude of levels. To start here, Obama and Trump were both extremely popular within their own party. Joe Biden is a guy who, as an incumbent, is the least popular incumbent in the history of our country. No one has ever run for reelection less popular than he has. So if Joe Biden was really trying to win this thing, if they really thought he was going to be on the ticket, wouldn't they be out spending money right now? I think he's got a point. Okay, why are they holding on to it? You could say, oh, well, he's not really getting primaried. Well, was Barack Obama getting primaried? The answer would be no. Joe Biden has raised some money. No question about it. He's got a huge problem with grassroots donors. 80% of Biden's donations came in from the mega rich. Okay, there's no doubt that they have raised money. 
The problem is they're not spending it. Why? Because I'm telling you because I care. The DNC is holding on to that capital for somebody else. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Dude, if they thought he was going to be on the ticket, if they thought he was running, they'd be spending the money right now. Okay, you can't just allow this hole to get deeper. A hole that, just so you understand, these elections are won and lost with independent support. When we took our straw poll yesterday in the Republican Party, the official number was 17 for Trump, 4 4 for Tim Scott, and 2 for Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. So you understand DeSantis, with all the money in the world, is now starting to lag not just behind Trump but behind the field. He has a problem right now. No question about it. He's a big problem. Now the field can shift. Trump goes to jail or gosh knows what happens. We've got this debate coming up on Fox News in August. Okay, August the 23rd. Brett and Martha be holding it down. It sounds like Trump's going to participate. But the fact remains, okay, Joe Biden is raising money at a time when he desperately needs to climb back up in the polls, and they're not out there spending any of it. That can't be good. Well, it can't be good if you're Biden because they're basically telling you that we're sitting in a situation where he's probably not going to be on this ticket for much longer. Okay? They announced a reelection bid and then went six weeks, six weeks without even having a public event. You gotta do better than that. Have you ever heard of someone launching a presidential bid, even an incumbent, and going six days without an event? The answer would be no. Biden went six weeks. Do you understand? Let me tell you, the independents who decide these elections, 71% of independents doubt the president's mental fitness, as do 24% of Democrats. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Okay. Survey also finds that 68% of voters across the board, this is all parties, say Biden is showing he is too old to be president compared to 32% who believe he is fit to be commander-in-chief. Yeah, these 32% are fabulous people. What's the takeaway? Like, how do they make that assessment? No, no, it's something about the way he goes the wrong way at the end of his speech. Like, I wasn't sure if he was fit, but then the other day I saw him shaking hands with that invisible guy. And I was like, no, no, this guy's on top of it. Do you remember when we were up in Connecticut a year after the queen died and he said, God save the queen? I'm telling you, that was the moment I knew this guy was fit. I mean, Wow. Fascinating, fascinating assessment right there. But you know why 32% of the people honestly do say he's fit? One of the hardest things for people to do in politics right now, because it is such a team sport, the 32% who say they're still with it, they don't like Biden. They hate Republicans. They don't think Biden is cognitively sound. They hate Republicans. They'd rather live the charade than concede that their guy might not be in the best position to win this thing again. Because what's happened to our politics is it becomes so petty and partisan that for most people it's more important to beat the other party than it is to actually care about the well-being of the country. People are really naive as to how crazy things have gotten not only here but around the world. And they think we have the luxury to still you know, be derelict in our obligations to protecting the country, the border, the democracy, the kids, and everything in between. Okay, so you have those bitter people out there that are like, nah, Biden's fine. And they're basically just saying it to be spiteful. You can't look at him and think he's okay. Joe Biden is the only guy you know who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's decided he's done talking. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, 
with, uh, I don't know. Uh, 91% of Republicans, 75% of independents believe Biden is showing he's too old to be president. He's still sitting on a big lead in this moment. But Biden has the problem Trump has. They're winning their primaries overwhelmingly. But in the general election, they both have major liabilities. Trump's liability being the fact that, you know, regardless of what we think of the DOJ, regardless of whether or not we think he's being politically targeted, the fact remains he's under multiple indictments. Could be as many as four by the time the election rolls around. Understand that is significant to independent voters and people who don't follow politics as closely as you or I. On the Biden side, the liability is yes. Very well may be getting impeached for what's going on in Ukraine. At the very least, he's compromised whether they get to the bottom of it or the DOJ is able to run out the clock for him. But the fact remains, if 80 percent of the public doesn't think you're fit to hold office, it's really hard to win that reelection bid. And the Democrats know this. So, yes, they don't have to campaign that hard in the primaries because they can pretty much hand him the nomination. But the point is the general is where he has a real liability because that's a legitimate election with a legitimate series of debates with a legitimate requirement that he get out there and campaign unless they cook up a COVID variant stat. And the issue becomes with the money spending, yeah, there's nobody in the Democratic Party he needs to worry about spending it on right now. Okay, but one of the reasons incumbents spend, Trump wasn't getting primaried. Obama wasn't getting primaried. But they were still getting the message out there now because you have to have an eye on the general. The fact that Biden is not spending money towards the general tells you he doesn't expect to be in it. What probably went on, just so you understand, is they announced a reelection bid because he didn't want to be a lame duck president just yet. You know, it's very hard to get people to relinquish power. Okay, people don't want to give up the power. If you don't believe me, ask Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. But seriously, Trump, you know, exhausted every outlet known to man. And I get why he would distrust the means through which he was ousted, because the Democrats had demonstrated over the course of four years nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping Donald Trump. I get it. I get why Trump wouldn't trust a thing that comes out of Washington. That being said, he took it as far as humanly possible. Okay, Biden, knowing he very well could be a lame duck right now who won't seek reelection, essentially announced a reelection bid so he could get out there and extend his presidency. Meaning once you go into lame duck territory, it's just all, you know, ribbon cutting ceremonies and presentations. And when the press starts asking questions, they got to trot the Easter Bunny out there to cut you off. To this day, Biden getting interrupted by the Easter Bunny at the Easter egg roll. If you've never seen the video, do this for yourself during the next commercial break. Look at Biden getting interrupted by the Easter Bunny and understand the reason it matters is not because they sent a guy in a costume over to interrupt Biden from talking to the press because they're not sure what's going to come out of his mouth. The reason it matters and it's funny is because if you look at Biden's face, he genuinely believes he met a talking rabbit. It's my favorite thing in the world. He doesn't look at it and be like, oh, yeah, I hear you, pal, and walk away. He looks at it and is like, oh, my gosh, Jill. Jill, you got to see this. I'm telling you, this is something else. And that's who he was two years ago. Do you understand? This sort of thing doesn't get better if you're Joe Biden. So what you're running into with these polls is reality. 
The media can get out there every day and, ah, oh, he's fine, and the Republicans are bad, they're racist, and everything in between. Okay, but if the country doesn't think you're mentally fit for the job, think about this. If we were running a, a, a bagel store, running a bagel store, that's our business today. I'm back to thinking about food again. It's not good. And I've been eating very well. But as you know, I got a little, I got a little carried away on vacation. and get... I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. I got to play some defense now, rein it in. But let's say we were running a bagel joint and we needed a new cashier. If we were sitting there interviewing cashiers and somebody came in and 60% of us didn't think they were mentally fit, just not the not all there. They're not mentally fit. Is there any world where you're leaving that person in charge of your bagel store? The answer would be no. Okay. Now apply that same logic to the whole entire country. We're hiring for someone to be in charge of the whole entire country. Joe Biden is a candidate that we wouldn't let run the bagel shop. How do you let him run every bagel shop in America? The answer is you don't. And even the Democrats know that. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be joined by Emily Campagno in the next hour. Brian Brenberg after that. If you'd like to jump in in the meantime, 888-788-9910. We had a pretty cool, happy show yesterday. I know we've got a lot of well-wishers on hold right now. Hopefully we can get to them as well. Uh, but there's clips you need to hear. There's a lot we didn't get to yesterday. We basically did a three-hour straw poll about the Republican primaries at a time when everything in the world seems to be going on. I mean, it's getting a little nuts out there. Uh, We will talk about specifically in the next hour, and I found this all so fascinating. They're still having this battle down in Florida over the curriculum and Kamala Harris with a straight face trying to claim, trying to claim that DeSantis was saying slavery was beneficial. and Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. But the reason they have these moments where they pivot to a fake argument about racism is it's a lot easier than selling their real record. Like if you're Joe Biden, right, and your entire reelection revolves around black people voting for you, okay, it's a whole reelection. They can't win without over 85% support from the black community. And they're not there right now. You can't really go to the black community and go, uh, hey, uh, look how much better life is since I got into office. Crime is up. Inflation is up. Gas is up. Illegal border crossings way up, which, of course, has led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Okay, you don't have a deliverable. Schools are getting crushed. The extended lockdowns cost kids. They're saying up to two years of academic gains. I love the poorly educated. So there's no deliverable. And because the Democrats are so hell-bent on forcing climate change down everybody's throat, They're now being forced to answer for these appliance bans. Here's KJP getting asked by our Edward Lawrence yesterday about this climate policy of gas stoves, air conditioning, washing machines, all the things they're trying to ban in the name of green energy. It's clip 33. 
So from this administration, we've seen them go after gas stoves, air conditioning units with regulation, refrigerators, washing machines, dishwashers, now water heaters. How many more home appliances will Americans eventually have to replace then because of regulations? So just to be clear, when it comes to water heaters, and uh, it is a... Uh, uh, it is, uh, it is proposed, what has been put forward, uh, and if it, it is enacted, it would not take it into effect until 2029. So let's not forget that. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have the facts out there. And uh, if and when it is enacted, it's going to help consumers save about $11 billion a year. That's what the president wants to do. That is a fact check false. No, no, it's going to save consumers money by making them buy new hot water heaters that uh, they didn't have to buy. It'll save you money to go out. You know that thing you didn't plan on buying? We're going to force you to buy a new one, and that saves you money, you see. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The only way the climate agenda gets passed is through executive action or by shoehorning it under a cause that people actually support, like the Inflation Reduction Act was the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. Bill doesn't reduce inflation, but they gave it a catchy title because everybody wants to reduce inflation. So they're like, yeah, I'll vote for the Inflation Reduction Act. And then they pass the act, and we hear, congratulations, you passed the biggest Inflation Reduction Act in the history of the United States of America. This is politics as usual. Totally. It's a scam, sleight of hand. But when KJP is pressed on this, hey, you're banning everything. Okay, again, if you're living in an inner city right now and crime is spiking and and prices are spiking and your kid can't go to a school where the teachers are actually capable, where the kids are actually reading at a grade level because the Democrats stand in the way of school choice, if your agenda becomes, well, I'll make them buy a new water heater. Oh, in that case, everything's better now. Can't get a job, don't feel safe going to work, but they're forcing me to buy a new stove. Way to go. What an idiot. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. We're back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America. Emily Campagno, the human happy hour, co-host of Outnumbered, Fox News legal mastermind, uh, has a lot of work to do today because there's a lot of legal ramifications. The 2024 election, man, we are like, I don't know, seven months from a primary or a caucus but we're never further than seven minutes from some type of a legal proceeding. What the hell is the world coming to? Emily will weigh in on all of it and tell us what's going up on the Fox True Crime podcast, which if you don't subscribe to it, subscribe to it. Give the girls some numbers and you get to hang out with Emily. There's a video component and she usually is interviewing people that are involved in like heavy crimes, but like, you know, crimes that made history. Like last week she was talking about the women who escaped that home. Do you remember that home in Cleveland where the guy had women hostage and they got out? And that whole, that's a wild story. And she talked to one of the survivors and it was pretty riveting, actually. And one of the things Emily was telling me is the reason true crime has become so popular amongst women is there's a facet of people out there that want to learn from these experiences so they know how to survive them. It's almost, you know what I mean? It's almost like a weird tutorial in its own way. But I think it's a really, at the same time, sad commentary on the world, especially the country we happen to be living in, that people are so much more, you know, sensitive, aware and perceptive for the potential of things to go wrong. Like, I understand the old saying defense wins championships. But I tell you, as a guy who lives in New York, 
it's kind of insane to think every woman I know that works in this building does not come in and out of it without at least a set of brass knuckles and one type of mace or other type of deterrent. Like, the weaponry in this bill is pretty fierce. Like, I'm not even kidding. First time I did Fox and Friends, I was just rapping with some colleagues in the green room. I thought I joined a militia. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> Why is everyone wearing camo on the way to work? What's happening? It's crazy. But that's what's become of the country under this administration. Biden is such a disaster. And as the race to elect somebody in 2024. I don't know that it's going to be Biden. I genuinely, I do not know that. Okay. Most of my intel is that he's coming off the ticket. And even Democratic strategists tell me that off the air. Some of them will come on this show and be like, no, no, he's, he's running. He's running. That is balderdash and hogwash. And mm -hmm. But the reason I think he's not, and the reason I think that, you know, if in fact he comes off the ticket, you know, it's going to happen sooner than later. I base a lot of that on the fact that the Democrat attacks are getting vicious, like really, really vicious. So Kamala Harris, if you've been following this curriculum story down in Florida, is now openly accusing Ron DeSantis of pushing curriculum that claimed, I'm not even kidding, slavery was beneficial. That is offensive and it is not true. But that's the claim. And why do you put something so poisonous into the bloodstream, you know, aside from utter shamelessness, is the utter desperation? Okay, they need to have pretend arguments. You think back to when DeSantis passed the don't, the, what the Democrats called the Don't Say Gay Bill. It was the Parental Rights and Education Act. It was six pages. It never mentioned the word gay once. What it simply did was ban sexual education for kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Why? Okay, on a basic level, because any adult that wants to talk to someone between the ages of kindergarten and third grade around sex should not be around small children. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, but getting past that, kids are struggling in this country to learn everything. Math, science, reading, writing. I've got it. We'll tell them they're trapped in the wrong body. Like, how is that helping anybody? Okay, so in calling out the fact that you just couldn't talk about sex, not gay sex, not straight sex, not trans sex, not any sex, okay? You could be into, I'm not even kidding, you could be into animals for all I know. <coughs> the point is, you couldn't talk to little kids about it. It banned all sex, all, not any specific kind, all of it, okay? All of it, all the stuff in my producer Mikey's hard drive. But the point is, okay, parents supported DeSantis because they knew that's what the bill was. But the Democrats came out and did what? They were like, oh, he's banning gay people. I can't believe he's banning gay people. This is unbelievable, this Ron DeSantis banning gay people. It's the don't say gay bill. They just, it's crazy, but look what they did. They banned gay people in the state of Florida. <laughs> Have you been to Key West? Have you been to South Beach? Overwhelmingly gay communities having a fabulous time. They're not running for their lives, nor should they be. They're overwhelmingly accepted in the state. But when Democrats start a straw man argument, it's because they can't have an honest conversation about the real issues. That is correct. Think back to what Tim Scott famously said. The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument. Think about that. So what did Kamala Harris say down in Florida? Okay, DeSantis is now teaching 
revisionist history that suggests slaves benefited from it. Here it is, clip six. For these extremists, that was not enough. They now push forward revisionist history. They push propaganda. They suggest that enslaved people benefited from slavery as they insult us in attempt to gaslight us. Garbage like you just makes me sick. All the words, salad. They're insulting us to gaslight us. It's so dumb. Here's a little more of it, though. Clip seven. They want to replace history with lies. <laughs> Middle school students in Florida to be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery. That is so embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Can you imagine being that desperate? Like straight up so desperate. You'll get out in front of a room full of people, throw on a clown nose and a set of size 26 shoes and pretend they're trying to say slavery was beneficial. That's what she just did. Very similar to Biden famously telling Howard University students that Mitt Romney, if he won in 2012, was going to put them back in chains. What the hell did you just say? All of the discussions about, we've got to watch the rhetoric in this country. So inflammatory. we really, we got to monitor speech. we got to ban people because of this fiery rhetoric. Joe Biden is telling black people they're going to get chained up if the Republicans win. Kamala is telling a room full of black people that Republicans now claim slavery was a benefit. Hello? The Republicans were on the side that ended slavery. Bingo. It was a Republican president who did it. Long after slavery was gone, we still had to go ahead and fight for civil rights. Took almost another hundred years. Why? Because the Dixiecrats, Southern Democrats, the guys Joe Biden has famously bragged about being able to work with, one of whom he eulogized, a former Klansman by the name of Robert Byrd, those fellas stood in the way of equal opportunity, of full civil rights, of fully integrating society. It was not Republicans who were trying to deny black people their civil rights. It was Democrats. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Okay. Here is Dr. William Allen. He was on with Jesse Waters last night, and he was responding to Kamala's takes. We'll start with clip eight. Well, permit me to have Frederick Douglass tell her. He wrote an autobiography in which he described how the mistress of his slave owner began to teach him to read. She pulled back the curtain through which a glimmer of light shone before the master forced her to close it. But that glimmer of light was enough for Frederick Douglass to illumine a bright flame that he exploited to his benefit and his country's benefit thereafter. Such examples are numerous, and they are retailed in the stories of people who suffered the indignity of slavery time and again. And quickly, permit me to say, what this curriculum is about is having people who live the experience, who live the history, tell their stories. So what he's saying to Kamala Harris is... You are lying your ass off. What are the Democrats all the time? Oh, Republicans don't want to teach history. Here he is teaching actual history. Frederick Douglass, one of the most instrumental figures in changing the country into what we now know it to be. He did so at a time where he was literally risking his life to do it. When we were protesting pretend depression in the summer of 2020, every corporation, every faction of the entertainment industry, 
every professional sports league in America was behind the pretend depression. Get out there, loot a store, spit on a cop. Here's a newsflash, guys. If you're living in a country where the government oppresses you, you don't feel comfortable or safe spitting on the cops. You are correct, sir. Okay, not only were they able to attack cops in New York City, but we just paid out $13 million in reparation to violent protesters in New York City. Think of the insanity of that. Okay, you're not oppressed when the government's doing that sort of thing. But Kamala Harris and the Democrats would have you believe Republicans want to deny us the real history. Democrats are so full of crap. Because the truth is the real history involves them being the ones who stood in the way of an integrated society. But here's Dr. Allen, a little more with him and Jesse, explaining why the criticisms of this curriculum aren't true. Clip nine. These people are saying this is what's being presented in Florida. It is an absolute falsehood. If anybody is presenting the positive good school of slavery, it's the heirs of people like Calhoun and Tawny and Woodrow Wilson who continue to propagate the false picture that the birth of the nation was nothing but slavery. I can point out quickly enough that Frederick Douglass and Ida B. Wells in 1893 demonstrated in protesting the exclusion of blacks from the World Fair of 1893 amidst thousands of lynchings that the accomplishments of black people post-slavery were the accomplishments not just of black Americans, but the accomplishments of American principles. And that is the truth that people seek to deny by erasing the stories of the people who lived through the histories. So what is he saying about Kamala Harris? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Here's Scott Jennings on CNN telling you she straight-up lied. Clip 12. Everybody involved in this says this is completely a fabricated issue. And yet, look how quickly Kamala Harris jumped on it. So the fact that this is her best moment, a fabricated matter, is pretty ridiculous. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! But do you see where they're going? Of course, CNN's going to CNN. So here's Cedric Richmond, professional race baiter. It actually says that on his tax returns, I believe. Uh, here it is, clip 15. I just think it's unfortunate. And let's just take a moment. I'm down in New Orleans with a home of Ruby Bridges and others. And you mean to tell me Ruby Bridges and the other three phenomenal young women that day who segregated schools can go through it at age four, but we can't teach high school students about it now because it makes them uncomfortable. And so I just think that it is such ridiculous um, line of thought. But I just want to be very clear in what he's doing so Americans don't get confused or uh, follow a red herring. This is racism at its best. This is the governor pandering uh, to those far-right extremists. And it has no place in American government, has no place in American history, and is just really pathetic. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Doesn't sound like it, okay? This is a dude, understand. Okay, this is a dude who's just running with a completely make-believe narrative. And you don't do that sort of thing if you think you're winning. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person. 
even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning, a percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black, Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. They're playing Van Halen, but it's kind of a two for Tuesday. Get the let out with our next guest who's joining us not only for this segment, but she's going to stick around because somebody went a little long in the last segment <laughs> and trimmed this down to about three minutes. It was probably by design. The producers were like, if he goes long, we won't have as much Emily to deal with. But Aww. the joke's on you guys. <laughs> the kid stays in the picture. Emily Campagna is here. Hello, hello, hello. I've not been hauled out by security yet, so it's a good day. Well, it's early, um, <laughs> but I know they saw you come in. Uh, you actually come in. It's so funny. People need to know this. When you're doing live radio, we have this sign on the door. It's called On Air. OK, it's written in English. Apparently, we need to write it in a few other languages because one of our guests doesn't understand English. And every time it's so funny, because whenever you're coming up on the show, the door gets like literally ripped off the hinges. Like It's jarring, even though it happens every week. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't happen during a commercial break. It happens live. And I'm always like, what did I say? Like in my head. So and then it's right. just you with like a sandwich. <laughs> I, expect, I expect it to be like a gun, and it's just you with, like, a half a sandwich. What's so funny is, like, that's that's my entire way here is, like, basically running down the hallways, lighting everything on fire. I kick open the door, freaking out that I'm late, and then I'm like, oh, uh. I have a whole 30 seconds. Or, like, I have a whole 90 seconds. But you're right that I come in here. Literally, is it Mortal Kombat? It's a squad that one character that, that does the kick where they, yeah, yeah. they lift up yeah. and— I know the move. Dude, folks, last Tuesday, she battery rammed the door with like a warrant. She's like, freeze, don't move. And I was like, oh, my God. I did one of those in-body scans, and I learned that my skeleton – this is real. My bones, my skeleton are something crazy like in the 80, 80th percentile of the average humans, uh-huh. meaning that my – I weigh – like the density of me, my uh-huh. bones, uh-huh. I'm like Wolverine. So my point is I think that's why so many people are surprised. They're like, whoa, you're – a lot heavier than I thought. Or like when I come barreling through the door, it's as if it's a 200-pound man. Because in the inside, we knew already I was a 200-pound man. But yeah. now my skeleton really confirms that. Thank you. Emily yeah. Campagno reading her 23 and Me oh, right here on the air. You don't it get that. It wasn't 23 and Me, dude. Whatever it, it is. Your bone density? What is that called? I don't even know what that's called. body scan where You're... they like tell you how much fat you have and stuff. Oh, is that true? And I was like all bone. That's like I'm like funny. dense bone. That's funny. You want a story about that? Like when, a tree trunk. When Lincoln was a little younger... He went for his physical, and uh, I was like, what'd you weigh? He goes, I think she felt bad because she didn't tell me. She wrote it down and turned the paper over. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. That's classified. Yeah, you know, we can't. We, we, we don't have that in you. And now he's in shape, the bastard. Uh, Emily Campagno's here. When we come back, she's going to tell us 
what's going on this week on the Fox True Crime Podcast because it's kind of historic. Oh, uh, it is we incredible. we got to save it, though. In radio, this is called a tease. We're building to suspense. We're giving them a reason to stick around because as of now, they don't really have one. I mean, based on the first three minutes of this, we well, basically gave them Emily walks in fast, but stick around. Everyone knows what a tease is. We all went to high school, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well done, <laughs> Emily Campagno. There is no sex in the champagne room. Uh, but we will give you some type of a verbal payoff in this next segment when we come back more with the human happy hour, Emily Campagno, right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we have invited Emily Campagno back for another break. That's stupid. Use your common sense. We did it. We're just going with it now. The Human Happy Hour in studio. Double break. She is, of course, the host of the Fox True Crime podcast. Did I hear something about Donnie Brasco? I mean, none other than the actual Donnie Brasco is who I interviewed for this week's Fox True Crime podcast episode, meaning Joe Pistone, one of the most highly decorated FBI undercover agents in American history. And certainly, I argue, the most notorious, the most infamous because of that 1997 film, Donnie Brasco. But Mm -hmm. he is an incredible undercover agent. And his work led to over 100 mafia arrests. So this this episode is incredible. You know, we, we spent a lot of time in Hollywood. We spent a lot of time on our couches enthralled by entertainment that is based on the real thing. And for this week's Fox True Crime episode, the fact that I got to speak with the real thing that all of that is based on um, was humbling at a minimum. But, man, it is an exciting episode. Dude, that would have been really intense for me. So, people, if you don't – if you're picturing in your head, Johnny Depp is Joe Pistone. He's the guy who infiltrates the mafia. So if, you know, people listening at home want to familiarize themselves with the story – and that movie has so many just on a basic level and without even getting to the crime and the precarious nature of the work. One of the biggest sayings in our lexicon comes from that movie. It's a Michael Madsen quote where he goes, you know, if I say he's a friend of mine, he's just a local knock around guy. But if I say he's a friend of ours, it means he's a made guy. You treat him with respect. And people here at Fox know the movie. So a lot of times, like, I'll introduce somebody who I consider important personally, and I'll be like, oh, he's a friend of ours. Like, if Dean came here, 100%. I would say, no, he's a friend of ours. And they'd be like, oh, he's a friend of ours. Oh, okay. You know, and they understand. And it's so funny because just on a basic pop culture level, that film has, and that real-life story has such a big presence for all of us. I don't know. I couldn't get over that interview. Was it intense? What was it like? It was, it's amazing. And first of all, I have chills because I, I love I love that scene. Love Michael Madsen, too. Uh-huh. Um, and you're right. I mean, so much of that is part of the sort of daily fabric of all of us that grew up with that story, with that movie. Um, and with the, the notion that behind that are real people who put their lives on the line every moment, every day. And I think my, my biggest takeaway now that I've had the honor of interviewing Joe Pistone and so many of these guys is that, you know, every second is a line between life and death. Because any second that they're, they're, mm-hmm. if they found a recording device, if their identity was questioned in a way, if there was a slip up with a story and all of these guys detail those sort of yeah. near misses, that it would have resulted in them being killed. Um, and it's interesting to me as well to hear their emotional assessments of things. What were the relationships like for them? Were they real for them? Mm-hmm. You know, were they, were they real friends? Did they care about these guys? Yeah. Was leaving hard? 
how did they feel about the separation from family? Was it hard to subsume another identity? Uh-huh. Did they absorb the identity? All of those questions are answered by these guys. And I think the the answers might surprise you. And also, I should say, though, you know, it's not a monolith. So everyone yeah. answers differently and everyone from Jack Garcia to Joe Pistone, they all have Michael Francis, who was an actual yeah. underboss. You know, they all have Chaz Palminteri, who played a mafia. But like every, all of these guys have a different, unique perspective. And if you love learning about organized crime and you love Donnie Brasco, then enjoy this episode of mine because I, I know you will. Whoa, the Fox True Crime podcast hosted by Emily Campagna, who is in studio. Now, that one's rad. I usually play along when you tell me about this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, great, Emily. Run along now. No, I'm kidding. This actually sounds amazing. It actually sounds amazing because it's like a seminal story from my youth. I can't imagine. Let's just break this down on a basic level. Uh, we go on TV, which I think to some people is like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? But comparative to what they do, there's no comparison. Like if a hit goes bad here, we're not getting killed. I mean, we might. I mean, it depends what we say in the air. But, I mean, the odds are we're not, okay? They're operating, when you just said that, it really, like, it was heavy to me. The idea that they're living in this, they're living in this. It's not like you have a 330 hit, show up and pretend you're in the mafia. It's they're kind of living in this around the clock for the amount of times they've infiltrated the mafia. And if it goes sideways on them, even when they're not around the guys and they get caught doing something off the grid, they'd have a problem. So is there anything there's or anything you heard that made you think you could do that gig? You know I can't because I can't ever lie and I have the most expressive face of all time. So they would basically be like, who brought the, the sweating Muppet? Who's, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah, I, I could never do anything of the sort. That's partly why I have so much respect for them. The only thing I identify, well, uh-huh. I could say maybe partly is being the family member yeah. of one of these guys. And to me, in a way, it's even harder yeah. because when you have assumed the risk and when you have control as much as possible over your situation, you know, that's, that's as much as you go. But imagine being the wife, imagine being the child where you're, you're waiting for your husband or your dad to get home. Um, Jay Dobbins, who was an undercover hell's angels, uh, undercover FBI agent for that infiltrated the hell's angels had a remarkable, remarkable story about that and what it meant to be away from the family and dip in and out. And I will say that most of those guys said the 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 more they were apart from their family, the better it was. But I think they're, you know, the cool as a cucumber situation, all of them have uh-huh. the ability, you know, as Jack Garcia said, you can't teach it. You really yeah. can't teach how to be undercover. And again, I would fail minute one when I'm like, <laughs> You're asking people to repeat things. Yeah. Can you repeat this? I don't think I heard that right. Like, I mean, you, I'd be like, wait, this outed. is just like when I grew up in El Sur. I mean, it was just kidding. Uh, I grew up in Canada. <laughs> I, I, what's my name? You know, you'd be Boom, like, em- yeah, dead. I can't even. There exactly. she went. Exactly. Emily Campagna, she's a superstar here on, the, on all these <laughs> multimedia platforms. Maybe the worst informant in the history. I'd be that oh, guy, yeah. too. I like, can't keep it. Calling tech support. Hey, any of you guys know how to work a tape recorder? <laughs> I can't get this thing to work. Is this mic on? I gotta, hey, Jimmy, they said the Geek Squad is here. Uh, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. And especially in those times, you know, we're at this moment we have the benefit of a lot of technological advances that keep our guys safe and that ensure everyone knows where people's locations are at all times. But especially in that time, you know, the late 70s, this was Operation Sun Apple, again, Donnie Brasco. Um, that was Miami and New York. It was two simultaneous operations. Mm-hmm. That's the 70s, man. Yeah. People, I mean, there's, there's not even cell phones. A guy, your partner walks into a building that you're covering. You know, you're, you are completely off the grid. He's undercover. You don't know what's happening in that building. Yeah. And if something goes wrong with a wire, most things weren't recorded in real time. Mm-hmm. They were recorded and transcribed later so the whole amount of risk that these guys had um it blows anything 
I should say, out of the water. I mean, of course, say, all yeah. these guys are brave no matter what year it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, to me, crystallizes the opacity of what happens when you go into a closed room with a, with a locked door or whatever. And anything could happen any day. Wow. No, no, that is intense. And that when you come back to what you said earlier about, like, the spouses knowing the guys out there doing it. That's, I mean, it depends on the length of the marriage. I mean, year one and two, <laughs> definitely. You're like, what time is it? I hope he's okay. You're 15 or 16. You're reading that life insurance statement that when they walk out the door every day. Damn, you're back. You're uh, saying, you made it. You know it's bad when the wife says good luck and she uses air quotes? She's like, good luck. Oh, that's amazing. Is it streaming now? Yes, guys. So anywhere you can get podcasts, you can listen to this episode. Uh, Foxnewspodcasts.com, of course. We Fox love News. this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But course. anywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you, you can get it. It's all free, guys. Uh huh. And, and you, you can I, always go to my Instagram at Real Emily Campagno because all my links are right there. Also, though there are a lot of links, like and, even like the missing links there, like Bigfoot's there. Everyone's there. Every, every, everything. The missing there. genetic links. Yeah, too. yeah. It's, it's all there. <laughs> that connect that, us with that apes. thing she told us earlier about her bone density. It's all there. She just she, she posted all. It's a nice it's thing about sure. Emily. You guys have a, a very high security clearance. Um. And this is exciting, and uh, there's no question. What up? What else oh, you got? That was, again, I forget I'm on air when I... No, but go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and then we have CrimeCon to look forward to. So there's lots of stuff coming down the when pipe. When is CrimeCon, by the way? CrimeCon is in Orlando, Oh, wow. and that is in September. That's September 23rd weekend. So, so as we sort of go down the pike, we mm-hmm. have a Fox Nation special on the Long Island serial killer come out, coming out that I'm hosting. Um any guy, anyone that is interested in all of that, we have episodes on that. The Spokane serial killer, incredible insight you won't find anywhere else because, again, the guests, the identity of the guests are the ones that lived it. That's so intense. all of that stuff is there for you at the podcast and um, CrimeCon coming up. Ooh, if you're listening on WDBO down in Orlando, go hang out with Emily at CrimeCon. I would love that. I would love to meet all you guys. Um, My man Keith at DBO could be a problem. Like he shows up to the bar. You know what I mean? Sounds like my best friend. <laughs> Keith, can't wait to meet you. Keith, if you're listening. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. Sounds that, amazing. You, there's nothing funny than going to something called Crime Con and then being in the news for getting arrested, which you know happens. You know what I mean? 100%. There's a guy, Eugene Robinson. It's my favorite story in the world. The year the Falcons played in the Super Bowl against the Broncos, he won the Man of the Year Award for Action in the Community and got arrested with the trophy still in his car for soliciting a prostitute. Oh and somebody God. at the time wrote it like he won the Bart Star Award for athletes in the community. Then he also won the award for athletes looking for action in the community. <laughs> well, that was amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, if you could be one of those headlines. I don't. I, I, you'll be fine. But I Keith, know. if wow. you're listening, play some defense, homie. Uh, M, this was great. Everybody will download the podcast, the Fox True Crime Podcast, with the lovely and talented Human Happy Hour Emily Campagno. Get her out. Get her out of here. Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Holding this country together at 888-788-9910. Go to the phones now. Alex Batten lead off. Yo, Alex. What did I do to you, Alex? Did I lose you? We might have lost him. It happens. We talked to Alex enough. We can do this again. Don't worry about it. Alex, if you're listening, we'll get back to you in a minute. You don't worry about nothing. 
We're doing some tech stuff over here, Alex. One of the, is that Alex? Okay, hi. You hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. There's hey. a lot. There's a lot of buttons in these oh. studios, Alex. Uh, we have. <laughs> I get that. I mean, especially with all the sound effects you got. Between well, that. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. About uh, Joe Biden and the fact that so many Democrats don't want him to be the nominee, and the chances of him winning in a general election, and them throwing him out and picking someone else as the nominee. If Joe Biden was a good president and he didn't destroy the economy and leave the border open as it's a mess right now, and he wouldn't have had all these wars across the world, and th- those being results of Joe Biden showing weakness on the world stage, then he would have had a big chance in the general election, and Democrats would want him to be the nominee, even if he has mental issues. And physical issues because i mean if trump in 2020 would have had a mental breakdown during the general election i would have still voted him for him as opposed to biden because what it really comes down is the policies but if they can't talk about the policies and they can't even say hey he got he's mentally fit and physically fit there's really nothing to talk about when it comes to joe biden to convince people to vote for him mm-hmm. but now the evidence is out uh, just with it's such a mess is everything about joe biden is is, is all in the negative and there's evidence that he knew about the dealings that Hunter had with with foreign countries, and he still says that he's proud of him. Right before it was like, oh, he didn't know. So he said he was proud of Hunter because he didn't know, but he knew. Mm, and he I understand why he was proud of of Hunter Biden. It's because number one of all the money he got for him, but. Hunter Biden accomplished all the things, all the desires that Joe Biden has, right? We know about his sniffing, giffing, and piffing, you know, little girls oh, and all his despicable <laughs> desires. So you told on. Let me just cut you off. Are you saying Joe is jealous of what happens on the laptop? Is that your theory? Oh, man, of, of course. I mean, Alex, I got to be honest. So happy for son. I don't doubt it, but it sounds like you might be a little jealous as well. Are they serving wine at work no, again today, no. Playboy? No, they're not. I'm not. I only do it at the weekend. But <laughs> I'm not drunk. I I'm just, just think it's common fun. sense. What I else know. does Joe have in his life, right? Oh, and he surely know. knew about these dealings 100. percent No, yeah. And that, he, yep. He's a listen. He's and a dumbass. Go ahead. We like uh-huh. if if they, you know. It sounds like they're going to impeach him. I mean, it's crazy. Everybody I talk to in the House is like, yeah, probably going to impeach him. And uh, if that's the case, uh, that's the end of 2024 for him. I don't I don't know. I, I genuinely right. don't think he's going to run. Well, we, we'll we do need him. We do need him in the general election. So if there's any chance of <laughs> keeping funny. him, let's keep him going. I mean, it's not going to be Kamala Harris if it's not him. He didn't accomplish a single thing as vice president besides for making salads, but they're uh-huh. not good salads. They don't taste good. They're worse, worse salads to just confuse everybody yeah, because she keeps on repeating things and she's swirling it around so it's she's a mess he's a mess and this white house is just i don't know what it's gonna look like after he leaves he's probably messing up the entire house there they're they're knocking around things that they got they're all bungle (laughs) dungle you know the biden greatest hits he's like he's old he's a pervert she's stupid the son's a hornball joe's gel this is great no no you 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 actually you you connected every dot in this family way to go they are Mm -hmm. we have a jerry springer family in the white house good call alex there he goes thank you uh, so silly. Alex makes some points, and I got to tell you, man, uh, the Biden family really would be a Jerry Springer episode, straight up. You've heard me say this before. You know, Bo Biden, God rest his soul, dies. Hunter has affair has an affair with his widow, and knocks up a stripper behind her back. Now they have a kid that he won't acknowledge, and Joe Biden won't acknowledge, and he's the president of the United States. This is a Jerry Springer episode, straight up. I knocked up a stripper behind my brother's widow's back, and now I don't talk to the kid. That would be like a title. Like Richard Bay, some other daytime talk show from the 90s. When I was getting pizza 
two pepperoni pizzas and a soda. You get two pepperoni slices and a soda at Tony's Pizza over by Division, where I grew up. Two seventy-five. That was a deal. I mean, now you get a slice of pizza for like four fifty. I mean, whatever. It's good pizza. I like pizza. Not not complaining. Uh, but the point is. I would have watched the Bidens on TV while I was eating my two slices and my Coke uh, because they would have been on a daytime television show where the woman was there with her grandkid trying to get the family to acknowledge its existence, which the Bidens won't do because they're white trash. And uh, I, you know, I'll take joy in saying that. This isn't an angry radio show. I don't want to be mad at people. Uh, but if you find yourself in that situation, it's not the kid's fault. you got to try as an adult to make the kid feel cared for. Let it grow up in an environment where it feels supported and it feels safe. That's it. That's what I learned driving a cab, guys. You know how broke I was driving a cab? Like, broke, bro. Like, I would have started in OnlyFans if there was any market to see me <laughs> in a Speedo. Instead, I would have had to have started in Only Foods, where I just ate in front of, like, fellow chubby chasers. And then, oh, look at the sandwich this guy's throwing down. That I could have did. But the point is, I was broke enough to consider such things had there have been a market for me. But I knew we were going to be okay because I was like, all right, I got a kid. Wherever the heck he grows up, we're going to be supportive. We're going to have a good time. He'll turn out okay. And that's kind of how it worked. You know, and everybody has the wherewithal to do that. It's not about what you make. It's not about what your job title is. Clearly, if Joe Biden's the president of the United States and the kid's not being raised properly, your job title can't be the be-all, end-all. You know, even like Hunter, he has a fancy job title. Naked crackhead. I mean, you don't see that on a resume a lot. You don't go to, you don't go to LinkedIn and go, yeah, you just got endorsed for naked crackhead. Like, oh, whoa, put some stars on the profile for that one. These guys have the the titles. They're, they're unique, uh, but their experience, their actions are really, really. I, I got to be honest with you, they are almost depressing to me. Uh, they really are because you have wherewithal. If you're the first family. And if you've made $17 million from foreign entities trying to buy influence in our government, you have the wherewithal to provide for this child and do it in a way that it can feel like a part of your family. Even if you're just trying to erase that chapter of Hunter's life, I mean, you're erasing a child, a little baby, innocent kid uh, who's now four years old and knows her grandfather is the president of the United States. I mean, on the plus side, it's not like he's really in charge. I agree with that. But it's still demeaning as hell to the kid. And I hate to hear stuff like that. So when Alex makes his points in jest, uh, they do still resonate with me nonetheless on a serious level just because this family is so derelict in its duty to provide for this kid. And I can promise you, I hate saying, like, if this was a Republican, but if this was a Republican, the country would be on fire right now. They'd be marching. They'd be building blocks outside the White House in Legos to call them white trash. But in this case, they look the other way. Sad. I tell you, sad. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action. Big hour coming up on the show. Brian Brenberg, cable news super hunk, co-host of the Big Money Show, going to join us in studio for a grown-up conversation about all things America, him being a finance guy. We're going to talk about the music industry for a minute because Jason Aldean, uh, attacked by the left a week ago for his song, Try That in a Small Town, they pulled it off CMT. And now it's made it all the way to the top of the charts. <laughs> Why has it made it to the top of the charts? We will explain in this hour at 
788-9910. But the basic reason why, if we could just start at a 20,000-foot view, is you have to ask yourself, why is he even singing this song about, hey, coming to my town and carjack somebody, hold an old lady at gunpoint, spit on a cop? Why is he singing about these things? Because they're happening everywhere. There's only a market for a song, okay? Because the song is basically, bring it on, dirtbags. There's only a market for a song called, bring it on, dirtbags, because there's so many dirtbags out there, and everybody knows it. He knows what he's talking about. And the reality is, people of every race and color, every political persuasion know that crime is out of control. And if you're being objective, which nobody is in this moment, this is where social media and the speech police really warped our value system as a society. We now live in an age where what you say is more important than what you do. Meaning Jason Aldean says crime is out of control. He sings a song about it. They're mad about that on the left. Are they talking about the actual violent criminals in the videos? The answer would be no. Nothing. Nothing for the old lady held at gunpoint? The answer would be no. Weird. That's not good. The carjacker, did he get anything? The answer would be no. All right, you know where this goes. They don't care about what you do. It's all about what you say. Because what you say entitles them to a social pressure campaign that can allow them to ruin you. Okay, but it's never about the cause. It's about the control. Let me give you an example. Roseanne got canceled because she tweeted a wild one. Okay, she she got on uh, and tweeted something about Valerie Jarrett that she thought was going right down the middle. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Flew into the stands. Okay, but she was immediately canceled. It was, you know, horrendous language. But she ultimately came back a few years later. And the people who had canceled it the first time didn't care the second time because they knew the appetite wasn't there within the news cycle to stop her again. So did they cancel her because of what she said or did they cancel her because they actually had some power in that moment? Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. It's never about the cause. It's about the control. Look at Jason Aldean. What are they telling him? Ah, it's a racist video. That's supposedly the cause. Pull this video down. It's racist. Never mind, okay, that Jason Aldean doesn't mention race in the video. So the idea that the Democrats are making the leap that anyone who is anti-crime must be anti-black means they have a perception of the black community that happens to be quite negative. Bingo, man, bingo. We hear crime. We hear victims. We hear the need for police. We hear the need to restore law and order. The Democrats hear crime, and they hear black people. Why? Because they're a bunch of racists. Okay, they really are. Their perception, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Think about voter ID. Think about voter ID. Wow, it's, it's Jim Crow on steroids, the president said. It's worse than Jim Crow. That's what Joe Biden said. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. So asking a black person to get an ID, which they all have. It's 2023. Hello. But according to the Democrats, asking a black person to get voter ID would be worse than an era where they burnt people's houses down to stop them from voting, where they terrorized them with mobs, dogs. Okay, this was worse than that, because in Biden's worldview, black people aren't capable like everybody else. 
That's the way they see it. That's why they lost their mind over affirmative action. We played. Remember the clip we played that was amazing? Oh, black people are never going to get into college again. Wait, what? Seriously? Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. I mean, sir, wait, what? That's racist. Saying they can't compete on a level playing field. This democratic mindset that it's racist to want to stop crime means you must believe all the crimes being committed by one race. Jason Aldean doesn't sing that. But nonetheless, the protest has backfired on them because the truth is people, number one, as Charles McBee said on the show Friday, black people are sick of being told by white liberals who to be mad at and how they should feel. They're sick of it. Okay, number one. Number two, all people are sick of the crime. They're sick of this reality where Jason Aldean went and recorded a five-minute video about real-time crime that we've all witnessed on TV, and the video could have been eight and a half hours long given the amount of clips we have at our disposal right now. That's the bigger issue. What you say is not remotely as important as what you do, you understand? But in the liberal worldview, it is because it's all about the social pressure campaign. It's all about the immediacy of turning around to cancel, of turning around to backlash. Think of Chris Brown. Chris Brown assaulted Rihanna, assaulted Rihanna in 2009, assaulted her, like beat her up bad. Like I I don't take any – it's really hard to say that. But in 2009, after the Grammys, he assaulted Rihanna, okay? Do you know what he did in 2011? He won two Grammys, stepped right on stage, and won two Grammys. What the hell is the world coming to? I'm not here to defend Kanye West, but you understand Kanye West is banned from award ceremonies because he tweeted and said some horrifically stupid things. But he's banned for saying, Chris Brown not banned for doing. We now live in an America because of the outrage mob, because of the weaponization of... I guess what we used to call cancel culture, cancel culture. But what it really is, is we now have the ability to mobilize a social pressure campaign that can force action out of major corporations. That's how Kanye lost all of his sponsorships. Chris Brown's out there touring. He's winning awards two years after he beat up a woman. You're living in a society where you're better off physically attacking someone than you are verbally attacking them on Twitter. That's where we live now. Okay, Jason Aldean has drawn more scorn in the past seven days for singing about stopping criminals than the actual criminals themselves. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. A lot of people are. That's why his song has shot all the way up in the charts. Okay, it came out in May. It was laying around doing nothing. Then the video came out. The controversy ensued and it's gone up nine hundred and ninety nine percent. Okay, 999% from 987,000 to 11.7 million streams. Okay, for the week before the video was pulled, they sold 1,000 tracks. Last week, they sold 228,000 tracks. Okay, CMT pulled the song when it had 350,000 views on YouTube. You know how many views it has now? 16.6 million Views. 16.6 million. They pulled a song with 350,000 and now has 16.6 million because that's how vicious the backlash has been. Because people are tired of being told what their values should be. They're tired of being told it's somehow racist to care about crime in communities. Never mind that the crime overwhelmingly affects the minority community. 
So if you're out there singing about getting rid of the rapists and the robbers and the carjackers, you know who you're protecting in the process? You're protecting the black community. Bingo. I mean, it's crazy, but that's reality. And they're like, ah, oh, how dare this? It's an, uh, it's an old the lynching. The things we've heard. Like he's building a musical monument to white supremacy when all he's asking to do is actually stop violent crime. Stephen A. Smith, professional, professional rodeo clown on ESPN. <laughs> nice guy. I've met him on Hannity. I like him. He's very emotive. He's a performer. He's performative. Me and Lincoln walk around the house impersonating him and, and kind of making fun of him, but kind of respecting the commitment to the gig. But Stephen A. Smith is getting into social issues uh, more and more on his own podcast. He talked about Jason Aldean's lyrics yesterday. Gives two takes worth hearing. Here's clip 30. Are you ready for this, y'all? I find nothing racist about those lyrics. Surprised you, didn't I? Nothing racist about those lyrics. Only when the video gets attached to it do you see what he's trying to say. See, I ain't no damn hypocrite. I see the lyrics that are spewed in other genres, whether it's rock and roll, hip hop, or whatever the case may be. If we don't say anything about them, we shouldn't be saying anything about Jason Aldean's lyrics. Listen, it's not wrong about that. I admire your honesty. But here he goes on the video, clip 31. The problem is, A, the whole Trump supporter thing, him showing up allegedly to some party in blackface, trying to look like Lil Wayne. What? There's racial undertones showing Black Lives Matter protest as opposed to protest at other places. I didn't see the insurrection on January 6, 2021 in that video. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see it. What does that have to do with Ron DeSantis? It's simple. It's a race war taking place in our country. But believe it or not, it's not by us. It's not by black people. Goodness. That was embarrassing. So Stephen A. Smith says that Jason Aldean allegedly wore blackface. Stephen A. Smith has guest hosted the Jimmy Kimmel show, a guy who wore blackface week in and week out. Oh, wow. You know who else Stephen A. Smith has done regular hits with? The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, a guy who also wore blackface. Oh, wow. Now he's telling you with a straight face there's supposedly a party Aldine went to. He's playing into the race war. Yo. This is stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. I would love to talk to Stephen A. Smith and tell him this. Because the truth is everybody goes looking for race inside the issue of crime. But the people who fight it for a living, the people who are affected by it, the people who are victimized by it, aren't thinking, hey, look at that white guy. Hey, look at that black guy. Hey, look at that Latino guy. You know what they're thinking? Oh, that's what they're thinking. It's a guy swinging a screwdriver at me with no pants on in an alley. Oh, shit. they're not saying there's a black guy swinging a screwdriver, no pants on an alley. There's a white guy. There's a Muslim guy. Their issue is not the race of the criminal. Their issue is the crime. You're absolutely right. And when you start to hear people reduce crime to issues of black and white, what they're telling you is their perception of criminals is that they're mostly black. 
Now, statistics might even show that to be true, but you can't call someone a racist for what you believe they're trying to say in code. Because what you're saying in code is actually racist. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And you're not saying it in code. You're just saying it straight on. But Stephen A. said, oh, he didn't show the, he didn't show the Capitol. Okay, listen. Showed plenty of white criminals. Showed plenty of masked criminals. Showed plenty of rioters. Showed plenty of looters. The point is, it's all bad. And you know what it all has in common? It affects black Americans more than anybody. Black Americans are the victims of violent crimes more than any other race by percentage. And the vast majority of the violent crimes committed against black Americans is by black Americans. But the fact remains, if you're out there as Jason Aldean is saying, hey, let's stop all the crime, the people who are going to benefit the most happen to be black Americans. That's true. That is true. So if you really didn't care about them, he might sing a song called Do It Here Too. Not try it in a small town, see what happens. Just not do it here, too. Why are, we, why are we missing out? We got black people in our community. Come rob them, too. Do you get how insane this is? We're living in an America where the guy singing about stopping violent criminals is the focus of the story and not the violent criminals. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? This is where I'm telling you the war on speech. You control the language. You control the people. This is where it's warped our societal compass. Like it actually like this argument makes sense to a lot of people in the country. It makes sense that you'd be madder at Jason Aldean. You know, there's someone was lynched at that courthouse 130 years ago. Really? And did you know there was a Hallmark movie film there 20 years ago? Was it the Hallmark Christmas lynching movie? No. Because they don't go in there and back check Every location you'll ever film something in, because here's a newsflash, bad things happen everywhere. And filming something where other bad things have happened is not an endorsement of that previous activity, especially because nobody watching the video would have any idea somebody was lynched there 130 years ago. Okay, never mind that again and again and again. He didn't bring up race. They did. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So you got to understand, when people take the position that they do, it's never about the cause, it's about the control. Cancel them. That's racist. Okay, so you're apparently looking out for the black community. If that's the case, you should be thrilled that we finally have somebody willing to get out there with the balls to say, enough of this crap. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on the radio. I will be taking my talents over to the TV tonight in the 6 p.m. hour. I'm on with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. And then in the 7 p.m. hour, I will be on with Laura Ingram on the Ingram Angle in her all-new fancy brand spanking new time slot, the Fox News prime time lineup, alive like never before. Brian Benberg joining us in the next segment, but with a little more you and me time in this moment. Uh, I will tell you this, man. If you're following this Jason Aldean story, okay, the percentage jump 
It's indicative of people. Okay, number one, these are protest purchases. These are conservatives that just want to give liberals the finger. Okay, this happened when they banned certain Dr. Seuss books. The Republicans went out and bought up all the Dr. Seuss books like, aha, we'll show you. It, oddly enough, made the people who published Dr. Seuss books a lot of money. So you wound up benefiting the people you were protesting in the process. This is uh, apparently all proceeds go to Jason Aldean and Brittany Aldean. So this is a big win for them. And it is absolutely a middle finger uh, to the liberals. And it's a middle finger to the people who protested this. And I got to tell you, man, I said on Fox and Friends this morning, I was on with Ainsley Earhart, that this could be an inflection point for the country and that people are starting to see the error in our ways where words, you know, should not be prioritized over deeds. I'm not saying there aren't certain words that shouldn't carry consequences. But we grew up in an era of sticks and stones will break my bones and names will never hurt me. We're now living in an era where sticks and stones still break your bones, but names will get a person fired. The guy with the sticks and the stones, forget about it. They don't even go to jail anymore. It doesn't even matter. All of the bail reforms. I mean, if you're living in Illinois now, they don't even have it. All of these woke initiatives they've passed. Everything woke turns to And the fact that this is what's going on in the, quote, big towns is why guys like Jason Aldean are standing up for the small towns they live in. These people in communities protect each other. They know the guy who owns the grocery store. You know, they know the guy that owns the convenience store, the person who would potentially get carjacked. And that's why they're telling you bring it on. It's peace through strength is what they're going for. But the people whining about the lyrics are showing you some real weakness in the process. Tell them like it is. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And let me just say, if you watched Fox News Saturday night this past weekend, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Apologies. (laughs) uh, On behalf of the network and all of its affiliates, uh, we strive to do better. Uh, Joining us now, one of the... Members of that cast here to repent to the American people, the host of the Big Money Show, Brian Bremer. I just got off of 40 hours of community service. <laughs> Is that why you? To make up for that. That explains You know, the, the highways in New York are just disgustingly trashy. So I got out there, I picked up some trash. This time of year, uh, Bremer, I laugh, but you know, when I was growing up and we used to drive across the Cross Bronx Expressway, uh, it was a different time then. And people were constantly selling things like actual like you could buy an appliance because it was stolen off the back of a truck. Uh, and that was a known thing when it was like Fort Apache, the Bronx, like early 80s. You could furnish an apartment on the way to a Yankee game, you get, a, get a, a chaise, you get a stove. It was incredible. And it was all brand new merchandise. Yeah, but now they just put the apartments on the expressway. <laughs> you used to buy the stuff and bring it back to a legit apartment. Now they're like, why don't you just set up an apartment right you, here? What if you just live here? Just do it right here. I'm like, is this an Ikea? No, this is a house. This is a house. I thought this was like a demo. A demo. This is not a demo. No, this is a different time in the city now. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons, by the way, without getting too far into the weeds. I did talk about this with Ainsley on Fox and Friends. and We discussed this earlier. I think one of the reasons the Jason Aldean song is doing well is I think on a small scale, people do, uh, you know, feel this collective apathy towards the decay of society. And like the idea of someone giving a voice to maybe pushing back a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, the tone is heavy. Uh, you know, it is. It's bring it on, dirtbags. Sure, that's right. But you can't sell that song if there aren't dirtbags. If there were no dirtbags, no one buys the song. You're like, what's this guy howling about? Well, one, that that's right. I mean, you've got – it's kind of like a protest listen. Yep. Okay. 
But the, the, he should be thanking all these guys who made such a big deal out yep. of this. I mean, that, those are the people who really made this. He released a song. You know, a few Nobody people cared. bought it. You know, he did the vi- He knew what he was doing, of course. But these guys, they can't help themselves. That's what it is. You know, the, whoever runs CMT, I guess they canceled the thing. And the, they, they can't help themselves. So, so he just like, he's like, oh, we need, we need sales. Let's press that uh, button. Uh, oddly enough, he's now moving to a big town. He's got so much money. He's like, oh, it's nice knowing you guys. I'm kidding. Nah, he wants to stay in a small town. Uh, but the point is, you're right. It was 350,000 streams at the time they canceled it, the video. Yeah. 16.6 million. I mean, if they hadn't canceled it, that 330 would have, probably would have went up by another 10,000 last weekend. Instead, it goes up by over 15 and a half million. But, but this is the point. Like, it's a song, and I, and I, I like the song, and I, and I like the message. But, you know, it's only a radical message because of the world we live in. Yep. In a different era, it would have been like, why, why are you writing this song? Yeah, it's just, Who would possibly disagree mm-hmm. with any of the things you're saying? Yeah. And now, just because of the crazies, the- this thing sounds like the Declaration of Independence. It's <laughs> so true. Someone said in my Twitter feed that 10 years ago, this show, this song would have been called Try That Anywhere in the United States of America. <laughs> right. And everyone would have been like, yeah. And it would have been, yeah, we would have played it before sporting events. <laughs> everyone would have high-fived. Yeah, we take care of our own. Now it's the opposite. It's crazy. I'm telling you, man. It's a, I think the compass is broken. Do you want to know what I attribute it to, by the way? Um, I think because social media ushered in this era where we prioritized words over deeds, it kind of corrupted yep. our GPS. Mm. Because we're now living in a time where, again, to a percentage of society, the guy singing about criminals is a bigger priority than the criminals. Right. And I promise you, okay, you, anytime you ever get cornered by like a guy swinging a shovel at you, <laughs> Okay, you're not going to be like, thank God this wasn't an acoustic guitar. The problem isn't the corner or that you're standing in it. No. (laughs) The problem is the dude, secondarily, the shovel. (laughs) You're right. I mean, it, it, it... I know. Twitter, I know Twitter's renaming itself X. God bless him. I hope that works. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea that the the little picture you post there next year mm-hmm. or, you know, in your little circle that you get yeah. or maybe whatever you, you put after your name is the thing that makes you mm-hmm. the freedom fighter yeah. or the virtue. I mean, that's the world we live in. And I, I like, I don't know how – is that ever going to change? Uh, not in Have the we era. just entered this realm permanently? Yeah, I think we've just – it's crazy, but we've crossed this weirdo threshold. I was talking about this earlier when you talk about actions over, you know, over deeds. You know what I mean? We were talking about that earlier. It's like Chris Brown – Sadly, assaulted Rihanna in 2009. You know what he did in 2011? He walked on stage and accepted two Grammys at the same award show. <laughs> but do you know how many artists are banned for saying crazy things? And again, we don't co-sign the crazy things, no. Kanye. Uh-huh. We don't co-sign them. But the point is, the doers are the problem. Yeah. So you could, I could take an issue with the sayers, but if the doers continue to get a free pass, we don't get safer by banning the talkers. You no. know, that's the problem. Except in the weird world where people think... Words are violence. Yeah. When, and when someone says to you words are violence, what are they telling you? I've had a privileged enough life to not know what violence is. <laughs> I have no idea what violence is. <laughs> no. Dude, I once got beaten with a trumpet by a guy in a mariachi band. I'm not even kidding. And you deserved every bit of that. <laughs> I did, though. You want to know why? This is true. And I, I, I've seen two mariachi bands fight on Cinco de Mayo as a cab driver. And the rookie mistake the first year was to break it up. And I didn't realize how much passion is in mariachi no. and that these guys, when they go, 
It's like the uh, Oasis, the Gallagher brothers in Oasis. They actually do <laughs> genuinely beat each other up, but it's therapy. It's cathartic. And when it's over, they put the, the hats on and they go back no, to playing the song. Where do you think their best material comes from? Those fights are where the music yes. comes from, so right? The, They're singing about the fights. You don't know this. So the first time this happened, this is so great. I was on like, you know, one of my like legendary I, a Thursday into Friday. And this goes back to when I was a cab driver. I do this in, at Fox as well. The West Coast turnaround. The old it's a Jim Crow. I learned it from Jim Croce, the singer. Oh. And he was talking in the show Speedball, in the song Speedball Tucker, about, you know, truckers who would drive to the West Coast, drop off the, the gear, and immediately, instead of going to bed, turn around to try to put a dent into the ride yeah. back. It was called the West Coast Turnaround. This was before they had regulation over, you know, how long you could be on the road, uh, pills, substances of that nature. So the point is, uh, give me a second there. So all I was going to say is, I used to do these West Coast turnarounds where, you know, I do stand up on a Thursday night. On this particular instance, I had performed after uh, 12 hours of driving a cab in New York. I drove to the University of Pittsburgh to do their midnight show on Cinco de Mayo the next day, whatever. is me and Harrison Greenbaum. We went on at midnight. He's a, a magician in Vegas now, the Mad Apple Circus. Wow. He's doing really well. Good, fun, nice guy. Uh, that being said, to Pittsburgh we go. After a 12-hour day in a taxi, it's six and a half hours, basically. I'm all banged up. We perform at midnight. The show's over. It's a West Coast turnaround. I'm not going to La Quinta. He is. I'm going back to work. In a taxi, I now drive all the way back across the state of Pennsylvania, and I get in my cab that day at Cinco de Mayo. We're having a nice time. These guys with, like, one passenger to go in the day at, like, 4.15 in the afternoon, so I'm within my rights to put on my off-duty and go back to the garage. I haven't slept in a day and a half. And these guys start arguing in very animated Spanish or whatever the language happens to be. Um, I'm not fluent in it. But they, one guy starts hitting the other guy, and then within minutes they're just actually pounding each other. So I, like, pull a, mo- like a dad moment, and I tell them I, this is why I needed this part. I turn around, I was like, hey, cut the <laughs> like that. And the trumpet player just starts swinging his trumpet at me through the partition. <laughs> and I got hit in the side of the head. And But what was amazing about it, okay, is I got hit, I laughed, ah, and they barreled out of the cab by MSG right by the 7th Avenue cab stand. Okay, where it used to be a Brother Jimmy's barbecue over there on the backside on 8th yeah. Avenue. Um, they barrel out of the cab, and that's the end of it. it does, but I see them in my rear view. I now throw on my off-duty to make sure, like, the bones in my face are uh. intact. But I see them literally, like, shoving each other playfully laughing. Like uh, laughing, yeah. putting the hats on, walk away, like, oh, I get it now. This is part of the thing. They're not, it's not a joke. They were in a legitimate fight, but the fight doesn't mean anything. It's like Oasis. They cycle quickly. Yeah, they beat, fight to beat each other up quickly. Yeah. So two years later on Cinco de Mayo, I saw a different mariachi band get into fight. I just let them. They just went. And they brawled in my backseat for like 12 <laughs> minutes. And it was so funny because I was at a red light and the guy behind me kept honking and like pointing at them behind me. I was like, yeah. Hey, rookie, how about you calm down? They got something to get off their chest. <laughs> But the point I is, I know what I'm doing here. As a guy who's been hit by a Bach trumpet in the head, I know the difference between the names they might have <laughs> called me and the instruments they beat me with. And when people tell you speech is violence, they tell you they've never driven a cab on Cinco de Mayo. Hey, That's what they're telling you. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but trumpets will give you a concussion. <laughs> That's what we learned. That's what we learned in that moment. But names will get you fired. <laughs> Sticks and stones, you'll break my bones, but you'll still be able to hold on to your job. But if you call me a name, like we're living in a world where you physically assaulting someone isn't as big of a threat to your career as verbally assaulting someone. I promise you, the compass is broken. And that's why Jason Aldean's song... 
is doing mighty well. Making right that money, girl. Yeah, he's making it. And he should be. And that I like. Uh, did the Brinberg see Barbenheimer? Oppenheimer. Either half of it. Nothing. No. We, we, it, it, no. I, can you, like, Lincoln doesn't want a, a three-hour movie to him is house arrest. He wouldn't want to see it because it's long. Here's my, my thing with three-hour movies is it almost always means the director has hit the stage where they don't know how to edit themselves. That's a great and point. nobody can tell them. Yes, that's a I'm Christopher thing. Nolan, and every minute of my three hours is just as good as what you saw 15 years ago when you liked what I made. You so, know? It's like, so, I don't want to see this guy's you know, three-hour ego trip. Give me, like, the two-hour like, performance. Because there's not a—and people need to know this. Like, Annie Hall was an hour and 28 minutes. You know, some of the greatest movies, The King of Comedy isn't two hours. There's so many epic movies that don't need to be that long, but you're right. They get to a point where no one can say anything. So you get these, like, these movies that become their own Oregon Trail. People you got into the theater with are running out of rations by the halfway point. You get dysentery everywhere. (laughs) You're trying to ford rivers, shooting squirrels in the theater. Anything you got to do to survive. I'm like, Jenny, you want more popcorn? She's like, it's not Jenny, it's Rose of Sharon. (laughs) I'm like, what is it, the Grapes of Wrath? What's going on? What even happened? But you're right. The movies are too long. They don't need to be that long. Like if Major League Baseball knows they need a pitch clock yes! and they need to keep this thing moving. They how does Hollywood? Clock. How does Hollywood not know you can't make a hostage situation? <laughs> I don't know. So I mean, I, the topic is interesting to mm-hmm. me. Love, you know, I've loved Nolan's yeah. stuff, but just just come on with the three. I don't have time to play golf. I don't have time to play uh-huh. three hour. I don't have time to do three hour movies. Did you guys find yourself devoting segments to yelling about Barbie or did you rightfully steer sort of clear of that? I mean, I, like I, we, we mostly steered clear of this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would actually, if they made a Ken movie. I think it could be more funny. <laughs> I, I think the Ryan Reynolds clips I saw were like legit funny. Yeah. Uh, this is the issue I run into. Hollywood is absolutely in this moment trying to placate human rights abusers in China, and they hit us with a lot of social justice. So it is a legitimate grievance, but I don't think there's any way for conservatives to take exception to this without looking bad. Yeah. Because you're just yelling. At the end of the day, you're yelling about the Barbie movie, and it can be guilty of everything we say it is, okay? But you're still just yelling about the Barbie movie. And they're like, all right, so where do you, you guys draw the line? Nowhere? Because that's what the other side does. They draw right. the line nowhere. Right. Look at this guy. He wants to stop the violent criminals. You believe this? So it's tricky. You know, but, like, what gets me is how big of a deal we've made of it. Now, maybe it's because it's summertime Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, a Barbie movie has been the lead story. (laughs) It's kind of impressive. I mean, Barbie Barbie has, you know, like, she's got the Donald Trump effect. She can (laughs) command every single news cycle. She's leading DeSantis by 38 in (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) DeSantis had to fire half his staff because Barbie is out polling. By the way, here's here's some inside baseball. I'll give you two pieces of analysis, you being a numbers guy on a business channel. Two things you need to know, okay, that are ominous signs, both one for DeSantis, one for Biden. Are you right? I don't know if you got into this on your show. But the fact that Tim Scott is doing a $40 million ad buy in Iowa, ad buy in Iowa means there's a lot of rich people. That are concerned about DeSantis. Yeah. Because Tim Scott doesn't get that allowance, doesn't get that Venmo. No. Unless people, you don't spend no. the 40 million because you want to get them from fourth to third. Right. You know, victory. General that Douglas gr- MacArthur. That's a great There's point. There's absolutely no substitute for victory. That's what they said to Tim Scott when they gave him the 40 million. I heard it. Yeah. They're like, listen. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a great point. All right. So that's one. Two is, I saw the stats somewhere on the channel today. But I, I wasn't, the audio wasn't on. I couldn't quite deduce whether or not they made the connection, but. At this point in their reelection campaigns, Obama and Trump had each spent about $11 million, okay? 
Biden has spent a million. Okay. Now, again, he's not getting primaried, but neither technically because the party's not acknowledging the other candidates. But neither were the other two. And the other two were a lot more popular within the party. They had higher approval ratings within the party than he did. So the fact that he's raised money because he's raised $150 million, but they're not spending it in the DNC, tells me, you know, they might be saving this up for whoever he passes the baton to. That is fascinating. You don't hear it, but we— Why are you going to throw money for a guy you know he's going to be on the bench? He's he's done. Because that's that's where I think this is headed because the truth is— you know, you can say, well, he doesn't have a primary to win. That's why you don't spend the money. But again, Obama and Trump didn't have a primary to win. But yeah. they were still spending sure. because they knew the other side of the aisle was. They had a race to win. Yeah. And you need to, they what had a general election not, to win. He's not in the race. Yeah. He's not in the starting block. Yeah, this you is, think we're going to put him in the starting block. He doesn't even have his shoes on. No. He doesn't know how to tie the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has them on. They're on the wrong foot. <laughs> They're untied. He's it's got a- mittens on his feet. We're not running them. It's not good. You know it's bad when they send him to see Oppenheimer. They actually <laughs> sent him to see Barbenheimer, both of them. They're like, no, no, you can. You got six hours in your schedule. You go do whatever the hell you want. Barbenheimer, I went to school with Barbenheimer <laughs> at Howard University. They're actually sending him to see the director's cut of Barbenheimer. <laughs> it's seven hours and 28 minutes long. <laughs> it's just Nolan narrating all those of the scenes they forced me to take out at gunpoint to get it in under three hours and 20 minutes. But, I mean, that's, that analysis matters to me because there's a general election to win. And when everyone's spending a bazillion dollars, especially when the field is as scattered as it is on the Republican side, they generally do buy to get into those markets just to have some presence, just to have some market share. But they're not doing that. I I just can't see who they're teeing up here, though. It's weird because it's not quite Newsom. He wants it to be. Kamala's getting a lot of more forward-facing media. You know what? She is – you know, doing a very bad job I know. at taking a lot of swings right now. That's true. She's she's taking a lot of hacks. Yeah, she's up there swinging away. Uh, do you think that could they really do that? No. Is America N- no have any appetite? <laughs> like any? I don't think so. Well, America is a country. <laughs> it has fifty states. <laughs> We're like, well, why are you doing this to us? But break it all down. Madam President. AI is two letters. It's two letters, man. And if you get that, you get it all. Be honest. We all thought AI meant Allen Iverson till we read up on it. I mean, I did. We talking like, about practice? Yeah. I was like, why We're are we talking, talking about, practice about practice again? Practice. You know the deal. The Big Money Show with Brian Brenberg. It, they, people call it the Barbenheimer of Fox Business shows. <laughs> Never, never out of the we lexicon. We got to get a couple more hours if we're going to call it that. <laughs> we keep it. We keep it on in sixty minutes. We do it in sixty minutes for, for, for the good of the American That's people. Right. That's the right. best because we can edit. <laughs> Back after this. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. My own damn fries. We are in the bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon taking this party over to your TV sets. I'll be on in the 6 p.m. hour. Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy on the bottom line. And then at 7 o'clock, myself and Laura Ingram getting the band back together in her fancy new time slot. It's going to be a banger. If you get a chance to watch some Fallivision tonight, your radio buddy can always use the ratings. Uh, If you're listening... Out in the Idaho Falls, Montana region, uh, all you KID listeners need to know that me and my man Richard Meacham uh, have a hell of a night put together for you October the 28th at the Colonial Theater right there in Idaho Falls. Get some tickets. Come hang out. And the night before, it is now official. 
Friday night, October the 27th. We're in Helena, Montana for the win, and I am pumped up about that. I'm excited enough to take all seven of the connecting flights it's going to take to get me to Helena. That's how passionate I am about this gig, but now it's going to be epic. Uh, this show is over. I'll see you on the TV. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.